This is a Just Gold podcast. Recorded on the lands of the peoples of the Eastern Kulin Nation, we pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging. What connects women in sport with women in STEM? Adjunct Professor Joe Kavanagh, Professor Catherine Itziopoulos and Catherine Ellis discuss society's part in supporting women in male-dominated roles. Yeah, I think your comments about built environments is really important and actually investing in safe public spaces that young women, older women, gender diverse people can gather is really, really important. And along with that, actually looking at cultural change. So how do we actually make sure that everybody understands what a respectful relationship looks like and is modelling that in their lives? How do we make sure that young people are getting consent education that's consistent and accurate? You know, that kind of thing can really shift environments, the environments that girls and young women and then middle-aged women and then older women live in their entire lives. I think it's really important. I was very interested in your comments earlier, Catherine, about playing safe and how we raise young girls into strong, powerful women. And what I'm really pleased about is the women in sport movement and how we now have almost all codes where we have professional sport uh, in women. But we need to ensure that uh, we all as a community support and encourage uh, the sport and attend and value it to the same level that we do for male sports. And in a, I'm thinking of AFL and cricket so that it becomes the norm that we have this gender diversity in sport, not, oh, it's a different level of sport, let's tolerate it. So I think it, it, it starts there, it starts in the home, it starts with that encouragement, and, and it tracks through whole careers. And uh, in my work in women in leadership, particularly in, in higher education, one thing that we're embracing is a different type of leadership. We need to value the characteristics that women bring to leadership and not uh, imply that for women to be successful in leadership they have to take on a uh, masculine persona because many women have leadership characteristics that are very powerful and very effective but they're caring, compassionate um, and, and not, you know, we don't have to drive women to a, uh, a certain type of mass, you know, masculine type of leadership to succeed. So that is about breaking down those stereotypes and valuing um, diversity, gender diversity across all sectors uh, and, and I started with sport and I think it's really important that we continue there but across to, to leadership. I'm seeing a new generation of young men coming through the workforce who really respond to that kind of female leadership and actually want to practice it themselves and so if we can actually shift the culture so that they don't learn the very sort of old-fashioned stereotypical male aggressive leadership but actually feel empowered to be compassionate and be caring and be flexible and lead from behind. I think it's actually going to be good for young men as well as young women. So I, yeah, it's a very, very positive shift I'm seeing. As I learn more and more about the dangers of becoming an invisible woman as I get older, even though I've had a successful career and I've probably got more money behind me than a lot of women my age, I still worry that it's gonna to happen to me. 
And I look back and I think, wow, all the money I wasted buying shoes in my 20s and 30s and, <laughs> and you know, stuff in my house that I didn't need. And I wouldn't ever regret any of the travel I did or anything like that. But I think that there's probably some conversations to be having with girls and young women about financial skills, I guess is the word probably. And young people are telling us constantly that they want better life education and life skills taught at school. Um, and they say, you know, I'll never use calculus, but I really would have liked to know how I should go and register to vote or do my tax return. And I think that there are a lot of girls and young women who graduate into the workforce and really have no idea how to manage their money and feel that, you know, they're immortal. And it's a long, long time before they won't have a job again. And now, you know, I look at sort of 10, 20 years ahead, that will be me, I won't have a job. And I'm worrying about how much money I'll have to retire and, and have a safe old age. There's so much that could be done early to get everybody on the right mm -hmm. track. And I think one of the positives that has come out of COVID is the recognition that everybody needs digital skills mm. and everybody needs data and devices for access and they need to be able to learn how to do those things safely. And there is, fortunately, there's been a project with the Good Things Foundation and the Be Connected project, which has been about um, digital skills and access for older Australians. It's been national. And um, that has been terrific, particularly for um, culturally diverse mm -hmm. communities who've actually become the most successful ones in learning new digital skills during COVID to help them stay connected with family. Um, and it's helped us um, influence um, government, for instance, if you want to put health services online, then you better make sure that the consumer knows how to use them and has the device for it. Similarly, through some of the research that we did in um, the Catch Up Women project, we found that uh, financial literacy and digital literacy actually went together. And there were many women who actually didn't know if they lost a partner in particular, the death of a partner made them realise that they actually didn't know how to access their bank accounts. Mm -hmm. And so there is that whole sort of cross the generations, what we need to do now to help people who are vulnerable because they don't have those skills or they don't the digital or the financial skills, as well as building it in to the life education of our younger generations. Mm -hmm. I do think my grandchildren are going to be better at it than um, <laughs> the rest of us have been when I see two-year-olds who swipe a phone. Yeah. But um, I mom, think there's still plenty to do. Yeah, my mother at 68 had to, and, and had, she's an accountant. She'd always been very financially savvy, but she had never done the online banking or anything because my father looked after that. He died at 68 and all of a sudden she had to learn how to do online banking and online everything else. Um, and fortunately for me, as a daughter who would otherwise be doing it all for her, she's pretty savvy, mm -hmm. but I'm sure that she's the exception rather than the rule. You can connect with us on social media at Just Gold Women or on our website at justgold.net. The Invisible Woman Project is a social partnership with the City of Melbourne. And in this space, we will be hosting consultations for women from across Victoria, but in particular from our city. So you can connect, you can share your stories, you can be on video if you want, or you can just make friends. On our pages, you can subscribe to our podcast and docu-series that's coming up over the next few months. Thank you for coming in tonight. Thank you for joining us. And let's break the bias together. This has been a Just Gold podcast, recorded live at the Commons in Melbourne CBD for International Women's Day 2022.
this was a Just Gold podcast. Find out more about our social enterprise at justgold.net.